A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Gentlemen, let's pod. Let's pod indeed. Hands in. What, uh, what, was it, what did I say again? Oh, yeah. I haven't even said it for a year and a half, two years. Uh, hands in. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. <laughs> Tim, that was very rude. <laughs> the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Uh, this is audio, JP. No one knows what I was doing then to get that response. So I'll just move on and say thank you very much for downloading. Thank you very much for listening. We're on the Acast app. We are on iTunes, and then you can subscribe, and please do. Just because the rugby season has finished in the UK, there's a bit more rugby to talk about, and in any case, we're going to keep going every single week through the summer as well. I'm Tim. JB. Hello, Hi. Tim. Hello, hello, Phil. Hi, Tim. Right. Um, just to let you know what's coming up on this podcast today, we're going to be talking about the European Champions Cup draw. We're going to be talking about the Under-20s World Cup final. We've got a special interview with Thomas Waldron this week, and we've got Jeff Parling coming on next week's podcast, and plenty more besides a Ginger 15 inspired by the move of Paul O'Connell to Toulon. Let's quickly touch upon a couple of those transfers then. Uh, Paul O'Connell to Toulon, it had been touted, but uh, surprised, think it's a good move. They've just got one veteran out and they're bringing another in. Yeah, hmm. well, two out, one in. Two out, one in. Yeah, Ali Williams and uh, Backy's both to retire and bring someone, I think he's slightly older, older than... Yeah. Uh, 37. Than Ali, Ali Williams, he's, he's 35 now, he's 36 oh, this year. Yes. But he'll be 38 by the time his, his contract ends. Um, I think it is a good move. I think it's a good move for both of them. Yeah, if he wants to do it and he's willing to carry on playing and he's in good shape, which undoubtedly he is because he plays very well, and yeah. it's, and it's why a, not? And it's a perfect squad. I mean, the fitness and conditioning of guys now mean that you you can carry on playing to a later age than you used to. But if his body does start to struggle a little bit, then it's the perfect place to be when you've got a squad that deep. Yeah. And it can go and relax by the beach in the nice, nice warm climate. I've got a stupid question for you. Do you think he gets paid? He's going to get paid much for this? Uh, that is a stupid question. Well, let me tell you why I don't think it is a stupid question. It's because he's getting on in age. It's kind of the last hurrah to go and win something. Now he's won plenty, so he doesn't need to prove anything in that respect. But you get to play with superstars left, right, and centre. And I wouldn't be surprised if part of the sell is okay. You can come. You're going to get a good salary like premiership style salary but what else we give you is you play with all superstars strength and conditioning on your terms it's all tailored you buy the beach two years let's go and win some let's go and win some european cups you're right the whole package is so enticing that the, the money are we talking about paul o'connell here or <laughs> that? James Hart- no. <laughs> yeah the, the, you're quite right you don't have to like double the money elsewhere no. you can have a very competitive salary because yeah. everything else is so much i mean how much yeah. would you play for toulon for tim right right now right now <laughs> you know uh, you want danger money tim if you're going to be playing for toulon yeah. it's going to be a risky business that, <laughs> yeah. that's that's risking death yeah. Ooh, what we got here, Tim? A jelly baby there. Oh, thank Help you. yourself. Just take oh. them over there. Um, we'll do. Players have jelly babies, don't this, they, before games, so I think I'm looking at some during the podcast. No, no, no. Um, yeah, it'll be a competitive salary, won't it? And yes. They're, they're, they're buying his pedigree, and they're buying his experience, and they're buying having him in the dressing room, and it's because they've got guys like that in the changing room is why they eke out results and have them and mm-hmm. three back-to-back European titles. Another move, then, which hasn't happened yet, but... All, everything is pointing towards we've heard this for a while and now it's come out in public and it's basically people are saying yeah to, to Lupe Falatau could move to Bath mm, devastating yeah. news um, I think it'd be a good move well definitely would be a good okay. move for him is he a good player 100% I absolutely love the guy I think he's brilliant but it is disappointing for me why well you love Welsh you love players Welsh leaving players Wales it, hang on a minute it's got nothing to do with that <laughs> it's because I believe Toby Falatau was the signing that they wanted. Chalupe. 
Sorry. I'm so, <laughs> so culturally insensitive. Um, he's a signing they wanted if they failed to sign the South African eight. Dwayne um, Vermaelen. Dwayne Vermaelen. Or Vermaelen. Or, yeah. yeah. And now he's gone to Toulon. Dwayne Vermaelen. Dwayne Vermaelen's gone to Toulon. Yeah. And it's kind of like their second choice, and I really wanted to see the mall and come to the Premiership because I think okay. a lot of people could have had ballots out. It's a good move for Bath. Is he much better, better than Leroy Houston? He's good, very, very good. It's not about having someone better or it's squad depth. Isn't it? It's about having two or more guys. Yeah, but I mean, just imagine now, Leroy Houston's probably their number one eight. He was, yeah. And they're going to bring in another guy who's there or thereabouts. So they don't. There's no drop off if one of them is injured. But if they bring in uh, Dwayne Vermaelen. That's a huge, huge upgrade, isn't it? So now your starter is now a really exceptional backup. Yeah. And that's kind of why I'm a bit But upset. again, I think if you're Warren Gatland, you go, I quite like that he's... If he's going to move out of Wales, I quite like that he's at Bath. For the same reason mm-hmm. as a guy going to Toulon, because it's like they've got the squad depth that if he's 80%, they'll just go, it's all right. Yeah. Just, just it's all right. We'll save you for next week. Yeah. Have a rest. Yeah. Mind you, he's not going to play for Bath before the World Cup anyway, even if he does move. So no, maybe actually, yeah. there's a good chance that it won't be Warren Gatland's problem uh, when he does stop playing for Bath. After the World Cup. Well, it might go wrong. Nah. Or is either going to go really wrong or really right? How, how badly way, wrong would it have to go? Group stage is gone. Such a tough group to get out of. It's so difficult to get out of that group. Mm. With England, England Australia, France, Fiji, with... Um, Namani Nadolu in the England, form he's in at the Wales, moment. Wales. England, Sorry, Australia, Wales. England, Australia, Wales, then Fiji. Uh, uh, well, then okay. Uruguay, who's slightly easier. Here's what I would say. If Wales don't get out of the group stage, it's going to be far more serious for us than not getting out of the group stages. Far more serious. Gatlin goes and we are in another five years of absolute slump. That is, that is what will happen. Uh, Gatlin gets through to the quarters, the semis. I think he'll, he, he'll be all right. His his job will be safe if he if he wins the whole thing. He'll be king with, of Wales, won't he? Well, not only will he be king of Wales, which you can't because it's a principality, you idiot. <laughs> um, and the all well, if he wins the whole thing, it means the All Blacks don't win the whole thing. And I wonder who would want a new head coach if they don't win <laughs> the whole thing. So good point. Um, another move. Uh, James Johnston has moved to Wasps. It was widely reported he was thinking about sale sharks. By us? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. It was, it was, a, it was a, it was a fair rumor. Um, he said he was, he did talk to sale sharks, but the lure, the lure of European Champions Cup rugby meant he went to Wasps. Sale, they've got a lot of money left in their salary cap. They've lost some big players like Michael Patterson, mm. Mark Cueto's retired. They have got money to spend, but nobody seems to want to go to Sale Sharks. The Sale Sharks media guy, I, I had a little look on the Sale Sharks forum just to see what they were saying about the situation. And the, the Sale Sharks media person came on and said, oh yeah, we, we're going to do loads of signings, but the way it works in a World Cup year is you wait until the end of the World Cup. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> No, no, but no. I think that's smoke, smoke and mirrors because he's obviously trying to appease Sale Sharks fans who are saying, "Hold on a minute, we signed one person." Appease who? The Sale Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> the Sale Sharks fans. I, I generally think we are closest, the closest thing that they have to fans. And we're not exactly diehard. But uh, let's let's not be flipping. The, the attendances haven't been great at the AJ Bell no, Stadium. They obviously, they're fans. But um, the um, but whereas I heard Conor O'Shea on the radio on Friday saying. We've got one more signing, which I can't announce yet because of a visa, and then we're done. So on the one hand, you've got Harlequins going, yeah, all our business is done. We've got one more to name. When the visa comes through, we'll do that. And, so, you've, and you've got the Sail Sharks media guy going, oh, yeah, no, no, no. All the signings in a World Cup, you happen after the World Cup. No, that's why he's a media guy, I oh, guess. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be well nervous. But James Johnson to Wasps, that, that strengthens what's an already strong-looking pack and getting oh, better. Oh, I it's think good. it's a wonderful signing. Yeah, I like yeah. it. It is a good signing. I did say say this last week. I don't think I did, but I'll say it now. I think Wasps and Bath are basically the future. Of, they've got a blueprint of how you build successful teams. Huge back rows, <laughs> hard-working second rows, and ball-carrying front rows. Have they been... I mean, and by the way, they're scrummaging. Both sets, yeah. both sets of forwards can scrummage. Have they been listening to anyone when they're building that kind of uh, that idea, that blueprint for a I team? I don't know. Someone knows a thing or two, though. <laughs> Someone knows a thing or two. Well, let's um, let's hear from, well, certainly one of, along with Nathan Hughes and maybe a couple of others, Francois Lowe, a, a, one of the best performing back rows in the Aviva Premiership last season because he's on the Egg Chasers podcast right now. Uh, we spoke earlier this week to Thomas Waldrum of Exeter Chiefs. 
He was there at a Canterbury Ambassador Day with uh, his new teammate, Jeff Parling. Uh, and he have a little listen out because he dobs Jeff Parling in a little bit. Have a listen to the nickname that Thomas Waldrum has for Jeff Parling. And next week you will hear the interview with Jeff Parling and you can hear Jeff Parling's response. But right now is Thomas Waldrum talking to me and JB. Phil was at work. What were you doing on that on uh, Friday? Uh, Friday morning. So I, I can't actually talk about it. There's an NDA in place. Oh, wow. I'm afraid. He was counting bricks for a secret project. <laughs> <laughs> That made it sound a lot more exciting than it probably was, Phil. <laughs> yes, definitely. <too. laughs> they have chose the gas supply or Absolutely. something. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, this is Thomas Waldrum, and we'll um, we'll be talking more the other side of this, but enjoy. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi, mate. How you going? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Yeah, so we're from the, the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. I'm sure you download and listen every week. Of course, yeah. It's the first thing I do every Monday morning. Oh, good man. Without a doubt. After bagging another brace of tries in your record-breaking season, you download the, the podcast. Congratulations on um, on that personal milestone. I suppose you're, you're going to say it's all about the team and everything, but um, that, that's still a special little milestone to have achieved this season. I think it's all about you, Tom. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. The season probably went better than I ever expected, and to top it off like that, it was, uh, it was pretty nice. Pick out one from the season then, one of your many. I know it must be hard to pick out one try. It probably wasn't the premiership, it was probably the European uh, quarterfinal against Newcastle where I got a, a pass from Dave Viewers and I got to um, go over the try line with his uh, out-the-door back pass, which was uh, quite nice because definitely really enjoyed playing alongside him uh, this year. It was uh, a lot of fun. That's, well, a, that's a seriously physical back reel. <laughs> uh, yes, Dave is a big unit. And then uh, Ben White. And the crazy Australian. <laughs> now, now, regular listeners to the podcast will know how much JB raves and ra- raves about uh, Dave Ewers, or Big Dave as he calls him. Just, just so, Big Dave. So just just how good is this lad? Oh, that's the thing. I've been lucky enough to play with some special uh, players in my time, like Richie and Kieran Reid, and I'd, I'd put him right up there. He's got the skill set, he's got the physicality, he can tackle, he can get over the ball, steal the ball. Uh, worst comes to worst, he can definitely jump in the line out. Um... I think he's worst, <laughs> worst comes to worst. If, if, we, if he had to jump, he can jump. situation. Yeah, when, when, when you're sort of like me and Dave, you're, you're not trusted as much in the lineup as other people. But it's uh, but I think he's right up there. He's uh, an immense talent. Um, it's a shame he didn't make the World Cup training squad, but I think his time's going to come soon. As long as he keeps performing like he did this year, I hope he should come. So this is this is your off season right now. Uh, so so what are you doing? Is it plenty of surfing? Have you been travelling? What, what's going on, Tom? Uh, I've sort of just uh, been mucking around, really, just going around uh, seeing Devon uh, on the long weekends. I've got uh, my two boys are at school. It's a bit hard to take them out. So we're just sort of travelling and seeing the sights of Devon because we that's the thing we really enjoyed down here and go to the beach, have some fish and chips, and uh, love life really. My brother plays at London Irish, and the one thing he's looking forward to when his when his career does come to an end is skiing and riding a motorcycle. What are, what other stuff are you prevented from doing? Like in the off season, you can't just go and I know the Saracens boys jumped out of a plane, but there's restrictions on what you Saracens can do. Saracens are different, though. <laughs> That's the thing. It's because you got a contract, you sort of don't want to jeopardise by doing anything. My wife tells me I want, tells me off for going on the boys' scooters and stuff like that because yeah. You, you see them in the park and then you sort of get excited and try to do tricks and stuff. But Which is crazy, really, ends. because you've given out some, like, you know, 30 odd professional contracts to what is essentially testosterone filled big kids, and then you expect them not to go skiing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Uh, and there are no skateboards and stuff like that, no BMX riding. Do you but, know how much yeah. money I would pay to watch you go BMX riding? Well, I, I, that's the thing. I, it's, it's a bit of fun. I enjoy it. It's good. <laughs> We need to get that done. We mentioned we mentioned Saracens and they have little things when they jump out of a plane. But I think from, from the outside, I don't know how much you feel this when you're down there in Devon, but certainly for, for myself and for JB and for a lot of people, I think Exeter Chiefs is everybody's second favourite club. From the inside, tell us what, what that environment is like, if, if it is as special as it seems from the outside. Yeah, I think it's, it's just different. Um, like coming from Leicester, they've got... Uh, the, their way of doing stuff and Exeter's got their own way of doing stuff it's probably a bit more laid back um, Rob enjoys a bit of laughter and a, a bit of joking around um, and then he, when we're, we're away and getting a bit closer to the games we get a little bit more serious It's, I think it's just an environment where the balance is right on and off the field and I think people just enjoy it and you just, you just want to have fun and enjoy what you're doing I think that's the main bit that we're doing right down here at the moment it's nice to hear Rob Baxter like that because he seems very laid back. 
but also like and, and as you say around game days and stuff very very focused but he's a, he's a bit of a, a bit of a joker as well then he can be yeah, I think um, <laughs> at the right times, right places, uh, he definitely loves to joke and uh, gives a bit of stick to the boys, which which you need to have, I think. Uh, so it's both sides of them, a serious side and a guy that you can actually talk to and get along with and have a conversation with. And I suppose being down in Exeter means probably more than any other team. Maybe you and Newcastle have the most long coach rides home. I bet you have a bit of fun oh, yeah. on those, don't you? Uh, it definitely is. Uh, well, that's the thing, you... you because you're on the on the road, you need to enjoy it, and I think that's what that's what we try to do as well. We we have a nice bus as well, so which is uh, definitely handy. At our club Broughton Park, we have a little game, um, which is uh, what's it called, JB? I don't know if you're familiar with this game. It's called Over the Tops. Have you heard of this? Is it arm wrestling? Um, no. So over the top. So on the coach ride on the way home, over the tops, and it's two lads. You race in twos from the front to the back of the coach, climbing over the chairs naked. I, of course, it's uh, a race, so it's competitive. You know, I I've not heard or seen of it, but I've, oh, of course I've, not. I've, I've seen a couple of boys doing um, skydiving where they they try to put put you into the um, cabin space at the top. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we've done that. It's brilliant. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so next year you've got Julian Salvi coming. You've obviously got Jeff Pauling coming along too. Does that make less yep. the official feeder club of Exeter Chiefs now? Because <laughs> that's kind of how I'm reading it. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think they must have just wanted some more sunshine, and I think they've sort of come down to Devon. Makes sense. Have you, have you managed to get? Are you going to get him onto? Uh, I can imagine Julian Salvi's already probably pretty decent on a surfboard, but Jeff, I'm not so sure. He, he, is, is he? Can he? Can he surf? He says he can, but I think he might have to have a longboard. I think. I don't think he'll have a short one. He'd probably have to an eight foot longboard. I think that. Yeah, I think they both would enjoy it. Actually, my opinion on, on Exeter is they've got a lot of international class players. But they're just lu- they're just lucky that the international or, coaches... or unlucky from a personal point of view. Well, yeah. it depends on which way you look at it. Because as, from a club point of view, lucky that the inter- international coaches aren't regularly picking yourself, the Henry Slades. Um, well, Noel has played, but in general, I I think next season's going to be a, a lot. Be the other one, obviously. Yeah. You oh, is. of course, yeah. yeah. And I think like next season, it's going to be a lot tougher because I think these boys will start to get the recognition. Yeah, I think that's what I think will happen as well. Um, but that's the thing we've got to call group of those young guys in the team week in, week out with uh, Lady Nolsey, Dickers, um, Dave. That's all like, the backbone for us at the moment. And you've got the older guys coming in to add a bit more experience. But that's the thing. If those guys go away and stuff, you, you sort of have to start all over again. But I think you've got to back ourselves with the, some of the talent we got down here, which is um, it's pretty nice to see them training and playing as well down here. Um, not many people probably know who they are, but they're, really talented young lads, so, so I think we, we'll be happy. If we were to ask you, from this season then, to give us one one name of a young up-and-comer who we might not know about, who would that be? Max Badilli. I think he's a, a full-back. He's got something special about him. Um, but that's the thing, it's a long season, so he probably might get a crack this year, but I think he's going to um, have a good future uh, coming up anyway. Yeah. Tom, now listen. Obviously, you're a, you're a Canterbury ambassador, and, and that's why we've got your your time today. I, I do have one thing though. We've on the podcast we've been leading a bit of a crusade of two things. Firstly, and and in the you know the promotional pictures, you get the new kits and everything, and you have the promotional pictures um, where the, where you know I might have a few players stood there or the whole team or whatever. Quite often yep. it happens where they're in full kit, but they wear trainers. It, it's a farce. And it's, it, it's, it, it's got to stop, Tom. So we, we just, one player at a time, we just need to get the word out there. It's got to be boots, full boots, yep. when you're wearing full kit. Yeah, I can, uh, next time I do, I'll definitely make sure that I'm in boots for, just for the podcast. Yep. Sounds good, like a pledge to me. Good man, Tom. And it just all the boys, just do, do not accept any Exeter Chief player wearing trainers uh, in promotional shots, whatever the photographer might try and tell you. And also, uh, socks pulled up. Got, got to have a word with these 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 lads that are letting the socks pull down. I know JB's sc- screwing his head up. He doesn't agree with me on this one. Oh, but... I absolutely do. Oh, you no, do? I, I, I don't agree. I agree as well. Exactly. These kids with their socks down. This is not the game. It's, they give you socks, long socks for a reason. Exactly, exactly you, Tom. If they gave you short socks, you'd wear short socks. The but... only time it's acceptable is if you're a Fijian Sevens player. That's the only time. Um, yeah, especially with these new ones coming on. These, uh, these new socks, they, they boys cut off the bottom of their socks to get uh, extra grip. And then they have to take them on. So you're in the past well, again. I'm not aware of this. What's going on, Tom? So there's a new, it's a, like a grippy sock that keeps your foot stuck in your boot. I see there's normal socks sometimes that you, you slide out of your boots now and then. They've brought out a special sock, but you have to cut the end off 
and then tape your playing sock over the top on. What? Wow. True socks, they're called. Wow, I'm, I'm looking into that, Tom. Um, thank you for the heads up on that one. I had no idea this was going on. We'll, we'll, we'll look yeah. into it. Just, just before we go, and it's been really great having your time, I've got, I've got a few questions I've got to ask you. So, yeah, that's fine. Uh, is there a TV show or box set that you've been mad into? I don't know if you watched the Game of Thrones finale or you've been into that or anything else. Uh, not that I'm into suits. So I've been watching Oh, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> suits is all right, Jay. Welcome back to this another time. Jay, Jay, oh, JV's, not a, Jay, JV's not a fan of suits. I it's, like it. It's I pro- like suits. It's a programme for people yeah. who don't wear suits about what they think people in suits do. Well, oh, yeah, I don't wear a suit for a living. Tom doesn't wear a suit for a living. So, yeah, that's, that's why. There you go. <laughs> yeah. um, right, best player in your position in the world, past or present. Could be someone you played against or with. Zinzan Brook. Mad skills he had, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty solid... What's your cheat meal, Tom? <laughs> That's probably the toughest question where you ask me. Um, <laughs> Take uh, your time, Tom. Uh, it's an important decision. Take your time. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, it would be a three-course meal. It would have to be like calamari to start with. Good. Um, for main, I'll come back to that. But for pudding, it would be an apple crumble nice. with um, with ice cream. Um, ben and Jerry's, preferably. Might just be traditional and just go for a, a roast chicken... That's a pretty good cheat meal. That's a pretty healthy yeah. cheat meal. Well done. You're a man of distinction. Yeah. Uh, what? Right, so we have a little segment on the show called Banter Squadron where we try and celebrate those players who have like, are particularly funny or entertaining on and off the field. So the Honey Badger's in, Joe Marler is in. Can you tell us someone else who should be in? Who's got particularly good chat or is quite a good laugh? Uh, George Suter. I'd definitely recommend him. He's one of those ones that just keeps badging you until he actually gets something out of you. Persistent fella. I've yeah. seen George yeah. Suter neck a pint at a corporate sevens t- tournament. <laughs> it would not surprise me. Yep. Was he was he pretty sharp with it? Yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, um, most people have to be badgered into this, and someone in the crowd just said, knack it, and he did, just went straight straight down. No, he's that uh, kind of guy he is, top man. And uh, any memorable initiations you've done or seen through your career? Yeah, I think when I was in Hawke's Bay, I think we had to do a wheat, a wheat we call them wheat books, we call them a wheater book over here, with wasabi in the middle like a sandwich. You had to eat. You had to eat that without any uh, fluid whatsoever. That took a while, uh, and then it was a pint of milk, and then I think it was a pint of beer as well. Nice. Yeah, the wheat bit just dried your mouth out unbelievably. Sounds so, like something which happens in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like they give us a run for our money <laughs> in the UK. I think yeah, they probably would. Can I just ask a quick question regarding um, the difference between Exeter and Leicester? Because you've had, a, well, you probably had the best season of uh, of your career this year. And it looked to us as if you got a lot more of the ball and you were used in a different way. And in some ways, it kind of felt that Exeter would build almost a game plan around your your talents, whereas in Leicester, uh, it felt a little bit like you were just part of a bigger machine. Is that is that a right summary, or am I, com- or I, or am I completely off there? No, oh, that's the thing. People do ask me, and I think it was more when... I talked to Rob and I pretty much made the decision 10 minutes after meeting Rob Baxter because he's that kind of guy. His, his people skills are amazing um, and just the things he had to say. But the way he said it was, we, we don't just come down here and do do what you've been doing for Leicester, but you can do it in different ways. Uh, we've got our systems and they're there for a reason, but then you can find ways within the systems of being able to get your hands on the ball. And I think for me, that's worked probably better than ever so it's uh, it's quite nice yeah because I, I do think that's a sign of a brilliant coach someone who can spot uh, a, a very good player anyway and then put him into the system and identify that talent to make him eat, to make him that's even like, better it's like, it's like any manager in any job I suppose actually yeah. like going the, making the most of the skills you've got at your disposal isn't it I guess mm. yeah well that's the thing they do they, the Chiefs management do a lot of analysis and uh, on every player they come in they don't just see them play a few games they do in-depth stuff and then they want to know what they're like off the field as well so I think that's um, a big thing that uh, Rob and all the coaches do and I think that's what has built the club to where it is at the moment Tom it's been brilliant listen we're going to talk to Jeff Parling in a second is there, is there, you could stitch him up if you want you could you could just tip us off about something to ask him about oh, I know it's putting you on uh, the spot but uh, yeah I know just call him because he looks like the Grinch of um, <laughs> Christmas Old Christmas <laughs> Say, like, if you come down to Exeter, make sure you have a bit of life left in you for Christmas and stuff because we enjoy enjoy <laughs> stuff down here. Yeah, all right, you're on, Tom. Thank you for that. No, no problem. Cool, cheers. Thank you very much. Take it easy, Tom. Speak to you again. Cheers, Bye. guys. Thank you. Bye.
Thomas Waldron there. And his nickname for Jeff Parling is The Grinch. Which is very good. A lot of players have this game face when they, um, when they, when they pull a face when they're going into contact and stuff. And Jeff Parling does have a particularly good game face. He does, actually. I like the Grinch uh, for Parling. I can I can see it. You can see it. Yeah, that. Yeah, very good. But what will Jeff Parling's response be to that? What will Jeff Parling's response be to the accusation from Thomas Waldron that he cannot surf? What will? <laughs> uh, what else will Jeff Parling have to say? Uh, it's a very very interesting listen. What so very good. I go along with that. It's nice <laughs> hearing. It's it's nice hearing about the atmosphere at Exeter Chiefs, isn't it? It's only an observation, but it's something which I've picked up from Exeter. It strikes me that all the English teams now, the premium is shopping around for young talent. That's where they think they can get the most value by paying a low salary to academy lads from other... So snatching up other academy lads. Autorac would be one. Northampton's got an absolute handful of them. Yeah. And it seems like a good idea. Yeah. And I completely agree. And then you develop the, the talent and see where it goes. Strikes me as extra have got not the opposite idea... But they seem to find a lot more value from older players in different systems. And I think it's incredibly smart. And, in, and not old players. But, no, no, proven players. Pro- so. Proven, pedigree-filled, prime-age players. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Jay. They find so, value. We should probably mention Paul Five, is it, of the European Champions Cup? When that, yes. when that draw <sighs> was made, what on earth was going through the minds of the guys that ended up in that draw? Well, apparently, the reason it's ended up like this is because there's... a an error in the seeding system. Yeah, because Toulon weren't one of the top three seeds, were they? No. How is it, How can that happen? Because of the league position in the yeah. domestic tables. They didn't even have to change that. But the, the, top, the top three seeds were the, the top three... Um, the winners of, of the leagues. And then uh, Claremont and Bath. I'm just looking at it now. I've just got it up. So the top tier seeds were Saracens, Glasgow, Stade Francais, won the league... And then won the playoffs. Won the playoffs. Yeah. So the, and then Claremont and Bath, who were second place because they lost in the in the final. And then tier two: Munster, Northampton, who won the league; Toulon, who won the league and the Champions. The Cup. regular season. The regular the season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ospreys and Ulster. I think if qualification for the competition is on, where you finish in the league, which is which it is. Yeah. Why isn't seeding? No, I, th- I I like the way... Uh, one thing I do like the football do, they have a coefficient based on previous performance in that competition. I like yeah. I like the fact that you said coefficient. <laughs> hey, what can I say? Yeah, so, something like the IRB World Ranking, where you it, it takes all of your performances for the past... Well, I think it takes them for the past four years, but gives the highest weight into the most recent performances. Yeah. And if you play against a higher-ranked team, you get a bigger yeah. weight in than a lower-ranked team. Do you think it would be more difficult... Could you just export that equation from international rugby and put it into club rugby? Yeah. Would that, would that be a little bit too tricky? No, I think you'd be able to do pretty much exactly. Based on my understanding of it, it's, it's more data, but it'd be easy right. to do. Yeah. Let, let me tell you, something very dicey is about to happen. JB mentioned that when it comes to Pool 5, which includes, because we haven't mentioned it actually, we just assumed you know, but Bath, Tillon, Leinster and Wasps, um, we... <sighs> <laughs> JB said... I've got some facts about this. Uh-oh. Now, Phil is our resident fact man. JB normally offers up opinions that are quite often fact-free. No, no, no. <laughs> so, no. JB, the floor is yours. You want to give us some facts? Well, no, you I, I've, got, I've got the fact button ready. I'm just waiting to play this noise. Fact. JB, okay. go on. Well, first of all, you've ruined my, you've ruined my fact. You've ruined my number <laughs> just, one is that fact. Your own, are you okay? Right, oh. because my number one fact is everyone in that pool has won the competition before. Fact. Very good. Thanks, mate. The second fact was, if you combine all of those teams and their wins together, they've only won it two less times than everybody else combined. Fact. Wow. So, they've almost won it as many times as every other team. Yeah, and yeah. It, yeah. so if someone from that pool wins it, which is completely possible, yeah. it's even more impressive. Well, it, well it's the... possible, but it's actually more difficult. Oh, sorry, one more thing. They were all semi-finalists, or all quarter-finalists, sorry. Facts. Wasps weren't. Yeah, they were. Wasps weren't on the group, group stage. No, they went to Toulon. Yeah, they went to Toulon. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, you're, yeah. I, I know I know what you were about to say, Phil, is exactly my point, is that there's not going to be a runner-up out of that pool, is there? Very, very unlikely for the t- them to be a runner-up out of that pool. Not a fact, but... Well, fact. We'll explain it, yes. anyway. Yeah. It's, it's just, because they're, they're going to beat I mean, each other enough that they'll, they won't get their... Yeah, the, 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 the second place points. I think the conventional wisdom in this as well is that Toulon will get out that group. But I think that group is going to be so difficult, 
Yeah. Right? Because Toulon have got to go against Bath and Wasps, who are basically ident- identical. And they've got to put up with their, with their big runners, uh, harsh defence, and more to point, all that speed. And Leinster, who beat both Bath and Wasps last year and took Toulon to extra time away. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey. I know. <laughs> it's hell of a ball. Yeah, right, right, right now, pick, pick your t- I mean, if, if it was being done today and on the, on the basis of what we've seen the season just gone, who are you two that progress from that pool, JB? Oh, couldn't tell you. Uh, Toulon only. No one else gets through. Uh, that's exactly how I call it. Because... Uh, I think I think Leinster will finish in I, second I think, spot. Yeah, actually, I'm going to go and join the two of you and say, yes, it's going to be Toulon, but I wouldn't put money on it. And the others, yeah. I mean, which is the... Who do you think's going... Dodged a bullet there. I'm looking at the... I mean, they're all tough, but I think I think Exeter as like a third-tier seed will be thinking... Well, there might even be a fourth-tier seed, but they're one of the lower pots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll be going, yeah, I love that. We've got a chance. Well, let's have a look at some of the other groups. I because... mean, Os- Ospreys are a good side, but oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Claire on Ospreys, Exeter and Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Eh. Going, going to France is notoriously difficult, but yeah. playing France at home... Yeah. Uh, p- p- exactly, extra yeah. fancy that they'll fancy Ospreys at home and when we saw Clermont at sale and they didn't look that no, exactly look that good. French teams travelling that's what I mean yeah. two, two, two French teams you go win our home games which is no easy thing but, but it's, it's a target that's going to yeah. be as good a chance as Exa are going to have for a long time to get out of the European Cup pool agreed absolutely um, mm. Oyanax Toulouse Ulster Saracens I feel like I've seen one of these games before yeah I've seen that Saracens Ulster game a few times yeah, well, Saracens to lose as well. Oh, yeah, Saracens to lose as well. Well, we, we've got months to think about this, but yes. it's, it's uh, that pool five. When ne- does uh, the European Cup kick off? Like, what it month? will be after the World Cup. Yeah, messy, messy. Premiership, Premiership doesn't start till the middle of October. Does it not? Hmm. No, eighteenth of October, I think. Um, right. So we've got we've we've Thomas Waldron. We've spoken about we've spoken about the um, the signings and the changes. We, one of those changes was Paul O'Connell which inspired on Twitter, and thank you very much for getting involved. It's at Rugby Podcast, you can find us there, and we keep chatting th- chatting rugby through the week and coming up with ideas for the podcast, so you can hit us up there. But I'm going to play a song. Remember what this is? Uh, Basement Jacks. And the song is? Got no idea. I don't know anything about songs. Something Red Alert. Red, Red Alert. Alert. Oh, Red he's Alert. so good, isn't he? That's, yes. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's Red Alert. So we're going to do a Ginger 15 in honour of Paul O'Connell and his move to Toulon, the, the evergreen, or ever-red, <laughs> Paul O'Connell. So Paul O'Connell is our captain in the second row. We need to pick a 15 to go around him. We've already had some suggestions on Twitter and you can keep them coming at Rugby Podcast. Come on then, I'm going to let you take this the lead on this one, Phil. Oh, thanks, Tim. And we'll just, me and JB will chip in if we've got anyone uh, to add in. Although, okay, go on. Starting in the front row. Go on then. Loose head prop. Uh, we saw him this weekend. He lost against the Brumbies. Stephen Kitsoff. Who's Who? Stormers. So, Stormers. Loose head. Who's travelling to Bordeaux next season? Kitsoff could definitely it's be a, in our adult fifteen. Couldn't it's he? a great. <laughs> yes, I was going to say he could have made our adult adult film fifteen. Um, hooker then. There's a few Irish hookers, but so I've you, gone for all of them. Maybe the, most most Irish hookers, apart from Rory Betts, who's got no hair at all. Uh, I've gone for Adrian Strauss. Um, she's yes. a South African. Okay. Like Strawberry blonde. Uh, tight head. Dan Cole. I've gone for Samson Lee. Oh, yeah. Huh? Two great uh, Why is no one talking about Nick Oldtrack in this? Ginger. He's, he's not ginger, is oh, he? I think he's ginger. Is he not ginger? He's, no. I think he's ginger. No. Uh, look him up. 
Nick Autorak <laughs> follows us on Twitter. He's he's just he's I can see him right now on his computer logging into Twitter to unfollow us because of that comment. <laughs> Block us. Not that there's anything wrong with being uh, ginger. Uh, that is ginger. That is brown. What are you talking about, Jay? That looks gingery. That is brown. Solid. Brown. That looks, it's got a tint of red there. It's got a tint of red, and that's all see, you need. I can see that, but I'd say brown hair. So that is that is ginger. Samson Lee. Samson Lee taking the spot from Dan Cole. Good shout. Second row, then. Now, it's, it's almost a pity that we've got um, Paul O'Connell. Yeah. It's not, but I wanted to have two humongous ginger beards in... Oh, you're thinking of uh, Wales' Jake Ball. Jake Ball and Eric Lund. Eric, is Eric Lund ginger? He is. Yeah. Fine. Big ginger beard. He's got beard. a big ginger beard, but Paul Tito, the old Cardiff Paul Blues Tito captain, is a, he's, a prop, he's a prop, proper redhead. Yeah. If you, want, if you wanted a proper redhead in the row, that would be And they one. all look like wildings. Wildlings. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if Jake Ball shaved, you'd suddenly... It's only, it's it's only his beard that's brown. Yeah. Yeah. His hair's... Sorry, it's only his beard that's red. His hair's brown, but... Yeah. So yeah I'll, I'll, I'll go Paul also. Tito. I like Paul Tito. Paul Tito's in alongside Paul O'Connell. Uh, back row. Uh, I've gone for... I couldn't really think of a good eight. Um, mm. So short of moving one of those into the back row, uh, I've gone for Hugh Vivian. Nice. Yes. Yes. The Rob, Vivmeister. Rob Harley, Scotland's Rob Harley. And Good. Martin William Nugget. Martin Williams. Yeah. As reasonable? I, 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 as an outside... I, did, I was struggling at first, and I remembered that James Rodwell. Does he still play sevens for England? He does, he, yeah. He was a number eight. He used to be at Mosley. He was at Mosley, yeah. You, mean, oh, you, you would have played against him a few I, times, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did, did play against him a couple of times. Um... In, onto the halfbacks. Uh, I've gone for. I've moved. Right, halfbacks. There's a lot of tens, so I've had to move some of them around. Okay, let's, let's hear it. So I've gone for Nick Sturzacker of the Melbourne Rebels at nine, alongside another uh, Super Rugby player, Ihaya West. Never heard of him. Uh, good, very nippy young fly half. Oh, right, not good, I've not heard of him. <laughs> no, not good, you've not heard of <laughs> him. Okay. Uh, which then leaves. Uh, Paddy Jackson. Oh, good. Uh, inside centre. I was going to play another... I was gonna play another uh, I'm going to play Red Morning Light by uh, Kings of Leon now. There we go. Carry on. Thanks, good, Tim. Good. No worries. Uh, with the only Italian ginger I've ever seen, I think, uh, Gonzalo Garcia, the th- outside oh, centre. Very good. That's nice. Uh, which... Oh, uh, wasn't Brian Liebenhang or Liebenberg, the big ginger centre for Stad? Oh, ginger guy. Yeah. He was massive as well. <laughs> well, yeah. He could go in there. Well, put him in then. Okay. Good. Uh, uh, wingers. Well, I've gone... I've hidden Neil Jenkins on the wing. Yeah, I can understand why. To kick sticks. Just to kick sticks. Uh, alongside Gareth Thomas. Yep. Uh, yeah. And either Josh Brake of England Sevens, who, who can do a job on the wing, uh, or... Who was I going to say? Biggs. Tom, Tom Biggs. Tom Biggs. Ah. Tom Biggs. Excellent. That's a fine-looking 15, that... Well, it's not fine looking, is it? <laughs> it's quite the opposite. Yeah, it's not a great looking 15. Well, no, no, right, no, this no, is no the... that's nothing to do with their red hair. It means it's not a great looking 15. This is the second <laughs> picture I've seen like that today. Now, I'll just explain the picture. It's a torso of a rugby player, but with the bath kit sprayed onto it. Well, is this some sort of promotional thing? Which oh, this doing? is. we talked about this a couple of years ago. Um, oh, did we? That was Tom Biggs. When they, that's the IPL kit, wasn't it? Ah, is that what it is? The... When when they yeah that was that was Tom Biggs. All right, well, a, enough of that. A little promotional, show. but let's talk stash. Let me get the little stash update uh, music. Do, do we have any? Um, well, we don't know. Is the is the answer to that one? Because there is a picture that's been leaked online. <gasps> stash of what could be the New England kit. Yes. Now, we tried to get some information from Jeff Parling about the New England stash, which is out on 6th of July. And I said it was nice. And JB, you're going to be going down. Indeed. Uh, well, you can hear what he has to say about the England kit, but I'll, I'll ruin another spoiler about next week's podcast. He doesn't tell us exactly what it is or give us a picture. He just says He does it's say nice. it's going to be white with a flower on it. <laughs> he did say that, didn't Predictable. he? Predictable, yeah. But that is a picture that Mr. Rugby on Twitter... Oh, don't turn it away. That's... I'm just look, checking the name. Uh, has tweeted, that's a picture, and it's got a Rugby World Cup logo on it, it's got an England rose on it, it's got a Canterbury logo, and... In the scheme of things... I don't know where it's come from, but... It looks suspiciously photoshopped to me. You think? Yes. I quite like it. If that is the case, I do quite like it. The thing I don't like about it is I don't like the, the V The V-neck, yeah. It's very kind of... I don't know. So, 
Canterbury, uh, JB and Phil will not be requiring... Well, JB doesn't want one anyway because he's Welsh, but Phil will not be requiring one. I love no, the V-neck. I, I will, be re- I will still not- be requiring one, Tim. <laughs> but I, I don't do think, like I don't think that is it. Sorry? Do you like the round neck more? I, do you know what? I'm not a fan. The, the England World Cup kit that they won the World Cup in in 2003 with a really yeah, high round I neck I love collar. that. I don't know. I don't like that. No, I think that's the cl- best kit of all no, time. No, it's too high. You look at look at the pictures of Johnny Wilkinson in that kit now. It's too high. I know. Do you know the better version of that was a South African one because it had like a little yellow bit here, mm. uh, the yellow bit here that works well for radio by the throat. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I like the look at that a lot. Um, I also I've just mentioned Johnny. The rose is like an old school rose. It's it's, yeah. um, it's changed slightly. I don't if, like if it is that one. I don't like when they have three things across the chest. It should be two things, and that's enough for anyone. Yeah, like the South African kit with the ASICs in the centre yeah. and then the two badges. Because, I mean, the temptation is more and more tokenism. So, like, before you know it, you've then got something for which means something else. And, I mean, it, you can already see it creeping in. So South Africa's now got the national flower and now it's got the springbok and then it's going to have the Rugby World Cup thing and then it's going to have the actual make. make. And how long until the next thing co- comes about? Mm. Yeah. Uh, but we will wait 6th of July and JB, I believe you're going to be down there representing us at the kit launch for the New England kit. I think me and Brim Williams may have a weekend in a jolly in London and then uh, go down to Twickenham because I believe that's the quickest way to see the new finery that Canterbury are producing. Two Welshmen were sending down <laughs> to represent us at Twickenham. Uh, that's right. I'll, see, I'll see what I'm doing that weekend. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to. Uh, and while we're talking about the the Red Rose, the, the England lost against New Zealand in the World Under-20 Championship final. Yeah, to a really good New Zealand side. Yeah, I, I would I would say it was a great game. It wasn't a great game. It was competitive. England made a lot of handling errors because of a, an aggressive New Zealand defence. Yeah, that never looked like they were going to let up and lose the game, and they could have put the game out of sight with a couple of penalties well before the end. But England only lost by five points, twenty one sixteen. And I'll tell you, there was a couple of New Zealanders that really showed up. The number eight looks a hell of a player. Yeah, Akira Yuani who's uh, contracted to the Blues. He played uh, nine or ten times for the Blues this season. Um, and every single game that I've watched for the under-20s this year, he's scored in. He's looked absolutely superb. Hmm. I didn't see the final, but I did see a lot of games and the lead-up to it. And the... What do they call them? Baby Blacks or something? Yeah. Okay, cool. Seems um, sarcastic. Yeah, it, it does. massive. Particularly yeah. the, the, the number 18 tighted prop that came on with about eight minutes to go was enormous. I've never <laughs> seen legs like well, it. Well, tell you what, that 13 um, is electric. I can't remember his name now, but he is some player. He scored, I can't remember which, which game I was watching. Maybe it was against France or can't, something. I can't remember his name. can't remember the game I was scoring. But, uh, <laughs> carry, just carry trust on. me. Another great JB anecdote for the so, after-dinner circuit. so, so fast. They got one of their wingers scored an incredible try against France. A gas from like the halfway line beat half a dozen yeah, players. Yeah, it definitely was France, actually. Um, he's got a surprisingly normal name, thirteen. <laughs> oh, I don't. Do like... Oh, um, Goodhue. Is, nope. it, is it Goodhue or is, it, is that the fifteen? No, it's not him. Whoever it is, it's not him. <laughs> we are full of uh, facts, knowledgeable <laughs> punditry here. Excellent. I'm about speculation, not about facts. <laughs> uh, but there you go. Um, and, and just on that, the uh, England scrum held up very well all tournament. Yep. Um, Two of whom, the two of the front row play for Yorkshire Carnegie. Are you saying this? Uh, Paul Hill, the tight head, and I can't remember the, the hooker's name, but the hooker captain Yorkshire Carnegie when uh, he was only 18 years old, which is a hell of a feat. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. So it'll be interesting oh. to see if anyone comes in for him, because obviously Carnegie were mid-table in well, the championship last year. Well, they've been throwing about some cash. So I think they've signed Dean Schofield. They have, because he's going to be coaching next year at yep. Sedgley Park. Is that right? Is that right? It is. Oh, wow. Big Dean. Uh, That's about his level now, the championship. Well, they've also signed... Um... <laughs> so, Phil being very polite and... No, not f- furiously nodding along. <laughs> oh, not Sedgley Park. I thought that's what you were playing. <laughs> no. no, no, no. Championships is his uh, level. Yeah. He didn't look right in the premiership. Or, anyway. at, or at Toulon. Or at Toulon. <laughs> now, there's also... <laughs> yeah. um, how What's... did he get to Toulon? Uh, for Saint Andre, yeah. For so, Saint Andre. Hang on, how did he get to Toulon? Ev- Evian Lewis Roberts got to Toulon. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's about who you know. Uh, what was it? Who's the other one they signed? Rugby league legend. 
Kevin Sinfield. Sinfield, yeah. Tom Casson has gone now from Harlequins. Yeah. He's been played by injury, but actually quite a good player. Although apparently Sale weren't that keen, so what does that say? Um, so they've got cash and it'll be a real force. Now, will they be able to beat Bristol? Who knows? Uh, very unlikely. Their best hope is the Premiership getting expanded to 14 teams. I'd say so. Uh, the other complete banana skin there for both Bristol and Yorkshire is going to be London Welsh because they have signed a lot of players. And they have so much cash. They do have a lot of cash. But they've not got the facilities behind just, them. They've not got the fan base. And, and London Welsh in Oxford isn't London Welsh. I don't care what yeah. anyone says. London Welsh is like an old deer park. Yeah. You know, if they can somehow do something with that, it'd be a wonderful, wonderful mm. club. Agreed. Agreed. I wonder if that's actually a, a, just a club which d- needs to stay in the lower leagues and stay to its roots rather than try and push into professionalism. Yeah. It might be, uh, might be better for everyone. Agreed. Uh, right then, gents. We are going to reminisce about World Cups gone by as we look ahead to the World Cup 2015 um, by doing rattling through another three letters on our A to Z of the World Cup. Today, it's the letters D, E and F. Thank you very much for the suggestions and the interaction uh, regarding last week's and this week's So, do we know Twitter. what A, B and C are? Yeah, we uh, did last week. Yeah, yes. but what are they? Austra- thought... If you can't Ant- remember. Anti-apartheid or Australia? It's, not, it's Australia. Australia. I know what it's not. Burger, Jack Burger. Yeah. And... Uh, Campisi. Campisi. Yes. Oh, good, 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 good. Uh, the letter D, then. I think there's, there's one obvious... Well, there's one that, that got got quite a few suggestions on Twitter, and I don't know, and it's the one that instinctively thought to my mind, but you look Go like on. you're about to come up with a different one there, Phil. Um, well, <laughs> I'd really like to go for Dusan, which is Jean-Marc Dusan, Jean, yeah. who is the only player to have made his debut in a World Cup final. Oh, wow. Fact. His international debut was in the 2011 World Cup final in that farcical French team uh, run by Marc Livremont, but not actually run by Marc Livremont, really yeah. run by yeah. uh, Toire and Harry yeah. Nordeke. And- by the way... That's probably the way, if you want a new coaching team, bearing in mind what they did, getting to the World Cup <laughs> final, that's not a bad way to go, is it? Uh, you're quite right. The, uh, the skills can be done by Harry Nordeke. The back's done by Harry Nordeke, and the voice done by Dusatois. Dusatois. Yeah. There you go. Oh, there you go. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's so a good one. I'd quite like to go for him, but I wouldn't. What I'd, who were you going to suggest, or what were you going to suggest? Then? Yanni De Beer. De Beer. Well, yeah, ooh. Like record number of drop goals. Well, I, I actually think... On the same theme, just drop goal. Just drop, yeah, you're right. Drop goal. No, no other place has a drop goal been so prominent than in World Cup in World Cups. Not knock South, out football. South Africa in '99, England in '03. Yeah, yeah. You need to be a five. Rob against England. Rob Andrew in '99. Against Australia. '95 against Australia in the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's That's a great true, shout. It's a great shout. Yeah, no, let's just do it. And of course, it led to it was the defi- It was the moment that. Any any casual fan of rugby in the United Kingdom, if you th- when they think about the World Cup, they think of Johnny Wilkinson dropping a goal. So yeah, yeah do you with know his, what? With his right foot as well. For such a defining memory, and and then more rugby aficionados, people who've been rugby fans for a lot longer will remember other moments. So yeah, drop goal, done. Good. E. I think we're going to come with the same same one here. Go on. Uh, one of the few players, one of only six players to win the World Cup twice. Uh, captained Australia the second time he won it and um, the highest scoring forward in test history. Yes, exactly. John Eels. John Eels, completely. And when you actually think about it, it it would seem ridiculous. If a second row got up and kicked sticks (laughs) these days, it would just be... You you wouldn't imagine it. You couldn't think of it. I know I've said it before, but the only other example I can really think of is Christian Califano. And he only kicked against a rubbish Romanian team for Saracens. Well, uh, we saw Vadim Kobalash uh, attempt, <laughs> attempt yeah. it. Attempt it. Good strike, though. To be fair, yeah, did he not get it? No, no, no. no that, that was the really terrible <laughs> drop goal. But he did. He did. A, he did a proper conversion kick. Oh yes, for... uh, Moldova. 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 Yeah, no, Moldova. And, he, and he got it from the from the touchline. Yeah, you're right. But just imagine now, like who's the equivalent? Um, Australian second row captain material, Hallwell. Oh, let's let's oh, say, yeah, let's say, say Hallwell. so. James Hallwell in the World Cup just sort of goes. Uh, we'll go for sticks, please, sir. And then calls to the tee. Everyone would be like, what? <laughs> no! It, but he, he's, he, not only did he kick sticks, he was blooming good at it as well. Yeah. He was the best Australian at kicking. Well, here's the thing. I, I can't remember the game exactly, but did he did he call for sticks to make the decision right? Sticks it is, and then realise it was him kicking? Or do you know it was him kicking and then call for sticks? 
In when like, just in general? Well, no, because there's one particular. I think South Africa when he kicks to win. Ah, right. Uh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So there's an example where the kicker's off, and I think it's like last kick of the game. He kicks it to, to win the game. And I can't remember if he did it and then realised no one else was to, there to kick it or he called it himself, like, bring it on. He'd fancy that. Yeah. yeah. He'd always Captain, fancy well, Captain. I know I've told this story that. a lot of times, but Broughton Park were playing on a windy day against a team called Northwich. And we were doing terrible. Northwich was second in the league and we were fighting. I, fighting played, I, play, I played in this game. This is an incredible, incredible story. <laughs> and they were ahead. We scored a try. We didn't convert. And we get a penalty on our own ten on their ten meter, and our co- coaches, who were pretty hot headed at the time, they shout o- over to the captain and they go corner, corner, because our driving ball is brilliant. To which they heard Connor, who is our loose head prop, so, <laughs> and also our who, kicker who, who occasionally <laughs> kicks. <laughs> occasionally kicks. <laughs> so our, our captain Dave Hamby turns around, and goes corner, and by the time we set up, because the wind and stuff, we can't hear anyway. Thankfully, Connor slots it and we won the game. We still relegated that season, but in, that in, incidentally, I, I well, that's just a little pet hate of mine. Like um, Connor? No, not Connor. Just okay. win. Just cap- captains that have to listen to the coach to to make a decision, and coaches that tell the captain what to do. But no, that- when you cross the whitewash. Your coaching job, I think, on the pit, it's done. That's the captain's call. That's just, just that's my opinion. Yeah. Maybe it's old school, but I don't like it. I don't know. I think there's different models for different personalities. Oh, you're now actually. a coach. Yeah, now Jay's getting into coaching. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see too much of this. You're in the All Blacks, and Stuart Lancaster does it as well. As, oh, we're just going to create a community and an environment where there's eight leaders, and you know, everyone. Hey, moves. No, the person who did that more than anyone else, and most Clive revolutionary Woodward. of all, Clive Woodward. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I can see that. But there again, they always say about Clive Woodward that Martin Johnson was the embodiment of Clive Woodward on the field. So you can't have it both ways. Mm. Yeah, well, if but he was point, making the decision. Yeah, so that's Martin Johnson makes the, deci- the decision, but mm. he understands like the blueprint is set by Clive Woodward. Which is basically the same thing, right? Uh, anyway. John, John Eels gets the letter E, the letter F then. It's going to be some contenders. Yeah, there's a few, a few that were put on Twitter. Uh, France were put forward yep. a few times. For some spectacular games, mostly against New Zealand. Yeah. They're spectacular games. Well, I, the best game I've ever seen was. Is that, that the one with Christoph Dominici? In yes, it 99. Was. Yeah. But I can name almost the entire backline, or it used, it, used to be, it used to be able to. Hell of a game, that, in 99. And then in 2007, when they beat New Zealand in the quarterfinals. Which I went to watch in Cardiff. Ah, oh, that was the most unbelievable game. Because uh, I can't remember who the French come half was, but he picked it up and he just ran. Oh, it might, might have been Ellis Saud. Yeah. Uh, he picks up the ball and he runs diagonally backwards across the field with all yeah. the blacks chasing him and then he chips it Boot, out. Boots it out, yeah. But that, that was the game when uh, Doucetois, who could have been in a nomination for D, um, got made 38 tackles in that game. Yeah, it was, it was quite, quite it was a game to watch. unbelievable, unbelievable defence because New Zealand was so dominant. Uh, it was the, brilliant. I, I think the back line for the... For the other game we're talking about is was Lamaison, Garbajosa, I want to say Glass, Dominici, Entomac, and uh, it's not Bernard Sands. Maybe it's maybe it's a bit, bit Andre Sant Andre. No, it wasn't him. I think I think it was Bernard Sands. But what a team! What a team! Yeah, it was brilliant and, and some some amazing moments. And again, two thousand and seven, again Dussetois yeah. leading the way. Um, Fiji was another one that got suggested, and that that would be a, a shout that I would I, I was keen to push as well um, France would be a great one Fiji in 1987 now I, I remember um, once my mum had to work on a Saturday and me and my brother had to sort of go along with her and she took us to Woolworths and she said right buy a video and you can watch it in the boardroom so we bought a video of the 1987 World Cup <laughs> highlight video Brilliant. and we put, we put it in and they did this whole musical segment to Peter Gabriel's big time they went what an amazing impact Fiji made on the World Cup and they, and they did this like montage of, and the skills were absolutely ridiculous. How does Peter Gabriel's song go? Big, oh, I'll get it up now. <laughs> so you just, uh, big time Peter Gabriel. And it was a montage of this ridiculous skill and I'd never seen anything like it before. It was like another, it was like a different... Is it like the first time anyone ever saw a Cruyff turn type? Oh. Exactly. It was like a different species of rugby. I'd never seen anything like it. <laughs> 
and they just f- with this incredible this incredible impact and caught the imagination of of loads of people back in 1987 and and then since then and they got through to the quarterfinals in that year unexpectedly out of the blue do you know what i remember bbc report um and it's about samoa when samoa either beat wales or they were you know, in their in their pomp and the report said and this is uh, this is how why they're so good at rugby and it showed a bunch of samoan kids chasing chickens which i just think now <laughs> like how ridiculously racist does it sound and would it pass pass bbc compliance now i wouldn't have thought so <laughs> I don't think so. I don't uh, think so. It's not as bad as your Shingle Beach comment, but, but it's not really bad. But of course, um, JB being a Welshman, he's trying to avoid talking about Fiji and that well, victory. Here's what I'll 2007. say. 2007. Fiji, Wales in the group stages. What a game. What, what, a, what game, a game, though. game. There was a guy called Will Blackwell who decided, in a Welsh rugby club, Colin Bay, he was English, he's going to wind us all up. He's only 20. And pretty roundly, um, uh, he, had, he, he got a hard time. And... What he did is he decided to, I don't know, flick the Vs or whatever, run off, run off to, to his car, which was in a gated car park. So we then gated the car park so he could leave. <laughs> and we threatened to fill up his petrol tank with water until he came out to face his punishment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Poor old I one. think we can hear the moment. I can't get it in English, we're going to get it in <laughs> Russian. <laughs> oh, is, is, this cha- is this us chasing Will Blackwell? <laughs> uh, that that is the the winning try against Wales in the pool it stage was, of two thousand and seven. Amazing, thirty eight, thirty four. Well, I'm going to have to say France. Yeah. And the reason I say France is I'm Welsh, and I own one Welsh bit of kit, not even a Welsh top. On on the other hand, I own four French rugby tops because I was just amazed by by what they could by, by what, what they could do. And actually, one of the first rugby memories I have is watching them in that World Cup. So I have to say France. Yeah, I'll go with France I'll as well. I'll go with France as well. And pro- f- they've, they're have the best team never to win a World Cup as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, they've got to the final twice or three times, is it? Twice. Twice. And they've got to the semi-finals pretty much every year but one. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Tormenting the All Blacks yeah. as they go. Yeah. They're, so, they're like kryptonites, the All Blacks, aren't they? I just wish France was still more like France. And, yeah. you know, everyone talks about the, the player drain affecting the countries where the players come from, but actually it's only France that, get, that gets hurt by oh, all this. W- when I think of France, yeah, exactly, you think of that offloading game Oof. and that, what was that, was it Thomas Castagnier or was it, or was it, um, no, he started the move off. It was Philippe Santandre and that try at Twickenham um, when they st- ran it from behind their own line. Um, well, do you know what I think of, I mean, the whole um, majesty of France comes from they brought all these forwards together and the old French rules of you never lose at home and you'd rather get into a fist fight and just these horrible, horrible, nasty men. <laughs> and they put, and well, that's the pack. And then the way that they almost have disdain for their backs. But then when they, when they start throwing it, you know, they may no, as well all be wearing pink just, bow ties and all the rest of it. I hope, I hope this is English commentary. No, it's not. You can't. But this is tr- 1991 against England. England have just missed a penalty kick. And France run it from behind their own sticks. England were assuming they were going to do a drop goal. Oh, that is beautiful. It's oh, absolutely ridiculous try. Give it again, give it again. <laughs> it's, it's a ridiculous try. And what a kit as well. Yeah, beautiful kit. Yeah. Right, have a look at Santandre's try the England in 91 on, me, on YouTube. It's we'll an amazing what continually try. makes me laugh. Uh, old school wingers and just what George North or Christian Wade or a crossbreed between the two would do to them. Uh, well, it, Lomu, when he came oh. in. He was... <laughs> the way they kind of, they've got that awkward kind of jinky private school step inside <laughs> yeah and now you've got you just roll out the george north or the dolo or someone all about 11 and a half stone as well <laughs> yeah. like really Bag, skinny baggy like, cotton co- co- uh, cotton tops they'd be telling jokes when the forwards were doing weights <laughs> <laughs> smoking down the, down the behind the back of the now bike you've, now you've got to contend with anthony watson marlon yard christian wade george north oh, George, yeah so what we, what we need next week are the letters G, H and I for our Rugby World Cup A to Z. Uh, and also listen out next week for Jeff Parling, who will be hoping that in years to come we're doing G for Jeff. <laughs> G for Jeff. Has, he got enough, has he got enough time to do something impressive enough for G for Jeff yet? Well, he, uh, could, he could win a World Cup by maybe not doing a Ben K and actually scoring a try. Yeah, but he's got to do it by next time. week. 
So if you can email them a list of things to do. Yeah. To do for the previous World Cups. Yeah. For next week. For next yeah. week. That'd be great. All right. Great. Good. 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 And hopefully by then we'll have, a, by next week, we'll know exactly what's happening with Chalupe Falatau and we'll be able to talk about that as well. Um, the only way you could actually successfully get in is if you assassinated the entire 2003 World Cup winning squad. Maybe. I don't know why you'd get in for that. It'd make him a famous G, surely? Uh, it'd make him famous, but wouldn't it make him famous <laughs> in the same way as the woman that came on and stabbed the tennis player? And I'm not sure maybe. if she's, she's in, in the A to Z of tennis. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Monica Seller's getting stabbed. That's, that's the one. Yeah. Um, right, so GH and I, please, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a little review on iTunes as well. Very much appreciate it. And uh, until next time, JB. Thank you, Tim. Until next time, Phil. Cheers, Tim. In a bit. Bye-bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.